Hello everyone, this is JT of the Lost Geeks podcast, and welcome to part two of the game prep episode. The Doc and I hope that you've been enjoying our podcast. If you would like, please follow us on Facebook and leave us some feedback or suggestions for topics you would like to hear about. I would also like to give a big thanks to Nomad for providing our intro soundtrack. That is kno.mad, and you can find him right here on Spotify. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. particular situation too i guess i do recall afterward though which was great it's after when it had that moment away from the table it was like can we we would need to play again before you leave because you just you happen to be down here visiting and we i don't think we'd actually planned to play again but it was like let's squeeze in one more which just kind of shows you like this demand you know the intensity of that moment was what made it great <laughs> yeah everybody we we had um one of the group members had someone over who after that session was like, I want to play. (laughs) Can I play? Unfortunately, you know, I I had to go back, you know, (laughs) I had to get back to life. There is a big difference when you're online versus in person, especially as a DM. And and you can speak to this uh, as well. When you're DMing in person, you just have, you can command attention a lot more. You can stress the severity of the moment and what's happening. And that intensity carries over 10 times what it does online. Yeah, well, I think when you're looking people in the eyes when you're speaking with them and having that back and forth dialogue and everyone is at the table and they're a lot... I don't really want to say everyone's distracted on Roll20, but I, I, I think it happens... People were distracted more often on Roll20 than they would be in an in-person session. I, I just, I think there's just no way around that. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I would hear some of the group members unmute and they were playing video games in the background while they were not directly involved with what was happening. And there's just not much you can do about it. And I do think that impacts the role-playing quite a bit because it makes, it, it creates more of this attitude of, I'm not involved in this role play because it's Bordis's moment or Desco's moment or Nithis's moment. So I'm just, I can sit here and listen, but I, I'm not going to like get invested in it. Whereas if you weren't playing the video game, you might be more likely to say, follow the bat and listen to the story. You know, if I was sitting there playing on my, you know, on my switch, I probably would have just clammed up and let it happen while I played my game. And that's easy to do when you're just looking at a computer screen as opposed to having a group, yeah. And that changes a bit during combat where, but still, you know, people get up and leave or something and it becomes their turn again. And it does happen. I don't know. It's it's a difficult situation, definitely. Yeah, and, and that's not to pick on, because I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I, I'm, I try to be pretty good about it, but like I said, I, I just think it's, that's the disadvantage of online as opposed to in person, but. That's all right. That's what we have. But I do enjoy our group. I, I think it's I actually really enjoy both of them. Like I said, I don't I don't know if I prefer DMing or playing. I, I kind of I like the mix of both, which once I, again. Be good. I do. Yeah, definitely. I like the mix of both. There, There's times where I'm really like into DMing and there's other times where especially with Desco, where it's just 
you know, that responsibility of having to worry about what everybody else is like doing kind of goes out the window because I did build the character be to be much more free and come and go if, if you'd like. It's just fun to kind of like let go and not have so much pressure to always be on top of everybody like, okay, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It is a nice break. Well, and I will say for me too is like if you're running i don't have to spend that whole you know and to get back to the prep real quick is the day of i'm pretty busy that's i mean i almost need to be you know working on the campaign all day and it usually the day of prep is the difference of it being a really good session in a eh session at least that's how i feel like when i'm prepping because I, I have had i don't remember what it was and luckily i i had most of it planned out ahead of time but there was one day where it was just one of those days where like no one would leave me alone. You know, I had the kids bugging me. Wife was had stuff she was wanting me to do. And it, it happens. That's just life. But I, I just, I didn't have the prep time that I normally have. And one of the encounters that we had in combat, just it wasn't as enjoyable, I don't think, for the players as a result. And I, I'm being overly critical of it. I Because you and I have talked about it and it's usually not like, oh, that was so terrible or anything like that. It just, you know, <laughs> to me, it wasn't as satisfying as a DM. I just didn't feel like the combat was what I wanted it to be. Yeah, I don't, I think when we talked about it, I didn't even really notice. I thought it was, we were all good, but you do feel it as a DM, like, you know, and I think you bring up a wonderful point. The day of prep is one of the more important days of just having that time. Because even if you've, you know, even if I've spent that week getting everything prepped, and, you know, I know what the combats are going to be. I know what the characters are going to be. I know what loot is. I, I have everything ready to go. The maps are done. I still need that that day before we everybody gets on to kind of review and get in that mindset, get invested back in the world and the characters and the environment. And it sparks that energy in me where I'm like, okay, I'm in this now. I can I can run this. Whereas if you just pop in it's it's much harder to you almost feel like you're limping along well and i think that was more the issue i had it, in addition to the combat i just i didn't feel like i ran the session as well as i could have if i'd had time to like sit there and because i usually day of, and i guess i should say i'm pretty well prepared before the day the day of for me is usually like putting the finishing touches on stuff <laughs> and i guess making sure it's all fresh in my brain yeah. Usually mine is making sure it's all fresh in my brain, like looking at like, okay, what are some of the possible characters, you know, that they, they might go and talk to, you know, what, what's the shop keeps looking like, you know, where are they at in terms of what they can provide the party and then doing the audio, getting my soundtrack set up and making sure that, you know, I have some sort of background going for the group. You're nicer than I am. I don't do background noise, but that's mostly because I don't know how. But <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of work, but it, it's usually work. There there were times I've got a pretty big library now. I wish World 20, I wish it was easier to sort things on there, it, especially the audio, because sometimes it's just really hard to go through everything I have and be like, okay, I need this, this, and I think this one. And there's been times where I've played audio and I'm like, nope, that is not the right audio. I need to find some way I can just like stream it through like Discord or something. That would be like more ideal <laughs> than having to like upload it and try to play it through Roll20. Well, the the good thing about Roll20 is it's already got 
a pretty big library built in. Hmm. Um, and I've I've added stuff to it, so you should you should have access to everything that I've added. Uh, I'll have to go and look at it sometime. We'll have to not, discuss not that. Not to not to put any yeah. pressure on you here. Yeah. Oh, you know my laziness won't allow for that, but I think we have two really good campaigns going on, and I think that's why the group keeps coming back to both of them. I think where we're at in both of them, they're very different. <laughs> They are they are very different. Yes, how they're run and this, but I think it's all predicated on the situation that we're in. You know, we're kind of getting towards the end of mine. The group is ramping up to get ready to face the big bad here at the end, and in yours, we're kind of we're not even to the midpoint yet. No, definitely not. You know, our character, our group is still gelling. If it gels at all, I don't know. I thought it, I thought the group was getting better, but this piano thing has made things really rocky again. <laughs> Unfortunately. And I, and I um, will say, I think in both campaigns, people have, now that the group has gotten a little more experience in their belt, and, and I, I, I don't know if this is just common for new players or not, but you know, after a year of playing, it seems like everybody's starting to get a little more into the role playing now. And I, you know, it's like, it's kind of, it seems to come a little easier to them. Yeah. Compared to the, the moments we have had. And and I think an NPC would try to engage them or ask a question and there would be a long period of silence. Yeah. And we had that a couple of times and and it was too bad. I, I don't really know. I think it just with a new player, it's difficult, but I, I will say, you know, we got a lot of interaction if we would like directly engage them sometimes, but it, the group wasn't finding their own fun quite as much as they have been recently. And, and like I said, it's not to be too critical. We love our players and I enjoy having them. Oh, absolutely. I've enjoyed running for them, but um, I think it did, you know, everyone was kind of new. So it did take a little bit of time and it is difficult. I remember my first couple of times playing, it's like, and even DMing, it's interesting because then you're playing all of the characters which I don't know. Sometimes I think DMing it almost comes easier than when you're a player because it's like you have so many of them you're doing. It's just like, well, I got to do all these characters. It's either sink or swim, you know, or it's like your one character. It's like it really is sink or swim. It's either you're you're ready to go or you're not. Then you try to got to try to do. I got to practice my voices. I mean, unfortunately for me, I can't do, learn a voice really quickly. But and that is difficult. And I and that's the thing I try to let everybody know it's like look i'm you know don't expect you all to be professional voice actors we're we're not critical role we're not putting on this big production although i do really hope that we do get to run you know a, a in person in person big campaign at some point in the future i hope that's something that is a possibility in our future that shows off the new tabletop and the world and all the work that we've been putting in. Yeah. And hopefully that'll be that I'm hoping we get to that. It should happen, but we'll see. Hopefully if you know, if you guys like us and support us, we'll definitely try to make that happen. But like I said, we, if, if no one listens to our podcast, if we get one person listening, we might run it for that one person. Cause, <laughs> cause we really do enjoy kind of doing it either way, but you hear that yeah. you matter. Yeah. One person yeah, you matter. You. <laughs> That's Tom. You, Tom. you change Tom. our world. Tom you Bombadil. 
you get you give us the purpose to get on here and spend our nights talking about you know our experiences and you know our design process and whatever tangents we get lost on yeah that's that can pretty much be any <laughs> given but thing but i do want to i do want to shout out to our players they have gotten so much better with their role playing and interaction so thank you you are all doing wonderful and, and thanks for coming back every weekend <laughs> yes it's you know i know we come out here and we say things and it might sound really harsh but we do really appreciate it because without you we wouldn't be able to run the game so and we wouldn't have you helping build up our backstories for us <laughs> giving us ideas yeah which moving forward depending on how things go i mean it's all canon so yep that is one thing yeah we do want to kind of try to keep everything in the campaigns canon hopefully no one i don't know who knows what odd things the group will get up to to try to ruin <laughs> we can talk about that sometime too but sometimes people want to do things that we're not eh, i don't think that's going to be a possibility this time but i think i've definitely been patient uh, i haven't been trying to force it i i kind of just roll with what I get. And I think that has to do, I think at least for me, and I think your campaign is going to kind of get like the cherry end of, <laughs> of the best of the best of role playing that, that has yet to come. Unfortunately, mine's coming to an end. So I'm getting a little bit of it. And I love that, you know, a lot of us were meeting each other for the first time. Um, me and, and some of them, uh, one of the members, you know, I hadn't talk to them in a long time so and then some of them I had I've just met and some of them I haven't met in person and so I think there's a level of comfort that you start building because it is scary it is intimidating to put yourself out there and be vulnerable in that way in in front of a group of people that you're not familiar with and like you've kind of hinted at in the beginning of my campaign, you know, we started with a group and, and things happened and we had a long break and we lost some people and we gained new people. And it was kind of starting that whole process over again. And, and I think that's what's delayed things kind of gelling the way it, it is now. And I think well, it's only going to get yeah. better next year as mine kind of wraps up moving into next year, I think we're going to just continue to see this growth. Well, and I think that that brings up kind of a good point too, is, I mean, it just seemed like a, a year of playing because I remember at the end of our first year of playing, that group was starting to get that cohesion until we had kind of the, the splitting up happening. And there was various, various reasons for that, which we don't really need to go into, but, um, and some of the players, it wasn't really that there was a big problem. It's just some of them, just they just kind of were done with it um and the sessions are kind of long and i think part of it with them is they just preferred the combat part and not you know they wanted it to be a little more combat heavy not the mix of the role play and stuff and i think you know and that's a valid reason everyone has a little bit different taste with dming and, I, and i've read that too and when i've been researching is i know some groups are more combat heavy and they enjoy that sort of thing and some are a lot more role play heavy or puzzle heavy and I know personally, I like a mix of all three. Like I, I like to have all three of those elements in. Yeah, I definitely like mixing them in. I know at the current moment in mine, we're very combat heavy, but as I've explained, you know, it's, you know, there's like seven sessions left in that. So things are ramping up. So it's to be expected, but that's why I'm grateful for 
you know, the group taking these last few sessions to do some role playing uh, because things are, the stakes are raised. Like <laughs> the group is like extremely powerful and you're, you're getting really amazing items, but you're getting those because this last fight's going to be intense. Ramping up for the, the final countdown. It's the final countdown. Sorry, you started. <laughs> yeah, sorry, had to do that too, but yeah, that's okay. We haven't got off topic too bad. We got off of topic within our game, which is, I guess, the whole point of this podcast is to yeah, talk and, about our campaigns and our world. So I don't think getting off topic with that's too bad. And I, I, this might be a good time to mention, you know, you know, the social media and stuff that's good, that's going to be available. So if there's something you want us to touch on more or talk about more or any questions you might have, we can put the questions together and go through we'll and spend some time just our expertise. <laughs> It is vast, I should you. Yeah, yeah, our vast <laughs> DMing experience. But yeah, and but I, I, I still think, I don't know, I, even though only having done it for, let's say, I guess, really a year for me, which I guess is not that experience, but I still, I don't know, I still feel like I have a decent understanding of it. Even just being a, from being a player several times, I think you pick up a lot too of, you know, what you want to see as a player. And Yeah, it's definitely good to have both perspectives um definitely all the campaigns i've been in it's it's shown me things that work things that don't work uh the other thing i think i don't that it kind of inspired me and this is probably getting us off on a whole nother chat this this is my rant that i may or may not get into so just a warning um is the reason i also wanted to do our own world is there's more I wanted to build a world where people didn't feel like there were so many restrictions on them as you can kind of feel in D&D. Unfortunately, some of the forums and conversations that happen around D&D can get very toxic when it comes to, you know, creative people wanting to add a new class or add a new race. And there's just, there's a lot of blowback from that. I'm surprised that there was just so much like negativity and it usually culminates in, that's OP. You can't, you can't have this and this because that's OP. Uh, some of them go as far as to say some of the stuff that Wizards has is <laughs> the, in there currently is OP. But it, it just seems like every time you try to get creative, it's OP. And I understand if I guess you're playing in a competitive setting I've never gotten into like competitive tournament, you know, D&D characters on D&D characters. I don't know if you've had much experience with that or not. No, not really. I know for that, there there has to be some limits because of some classes, some of the stuff they can do can offer them some unfair advantages in player versus player combat. But as for the world, I mean... As a DM, you have to make the call, I think, yourself on, all right, if I allow a player to do this or have this ability, how how much is that really going to affect me? And, well, and an example yeah. I, I'd give is, you know, a character I was playing had 30, it was a undead character, a vampire character, an undead character in a game I was playing it was definitely a weakened state, but I, I was accepting it based on the terms of what we had 
established uh, talking with the DM. And the only one of the things that was off for me was, well, I still needed to breathe air. And I only had 30 foot dark vision where the vampires get 120. And the reasoning was, well, you're still human. So you're not going to get, you're getting dark vision, but you're not going to get the full dark vision. I was upset by it, but not to the point where I was just going to stop playing or, or not, or fight it. You know, I just kind of accepted it like, okay. But what would it have hurt to have let you like? On, you, yeah. Yeah. Was, it was me. I mean, was there a big scene coming up where, you know, breathing underwater would have just broke the entire game or, you know, having that 120 foot dark vision was just, Oh, that's OP. That's so OP. <laughs> well, I just can't. And granted, we don't do a lot with the vision in ours. I just, we don't in ours i just really haven't felt the need to get that bogged down by it you know if you're in a dungeon i just i don't even worry about it i i guess like this is not how i make most of my puzzles well exactly and it's not like perfect vision either and so you know i again i didn't fight it because you know i was just he was you letting know. you play a vampire so <laughs> yeah well and it wasn't even my character we had another player who was playing that character and they ended up not playing but kind of the story I had helped him with I like really liked it and I'm like I really don't want to see this character not be in the game now and I just I really started liking the character and so I decided to take over and look you know I I didn't have like the 18 18 18 stats vampires had I didn't have OP stats I I rolled for my stats and they were what they were so it wasn't like I did have certain abilities, but the campaign we were playing, everybody had something special about them. So it wasn't like I was the only, you know, superpower character in the group. Or and it, to be honest, I, he wasn't even that superpowered for for it a vampire. Sound like for it, a, but just the yeah yeah for a vampire is very underpowered, which I was willing to accept because it's like, well, I understand, you know, you're you're running the game, it's your rules, and I think that's a good lesson for all the players out there you know if your dm makes a call even if you don't agree with it accept it you just accept that it is what it is you've voiced your opinion on why you think it shouldn't be that way and if it really bothers you that much bow out (laughs) you just say look i'm sorry this this does really bother me i i don't think i'm going to be able to play yeah and i mean you should be enjoying said campaign that you're in and i mean the dm should be having fun too and at the end of the day there is a lot, and we're going to both attest to this. There's a lot of work that goes into, you know, prepping, you know, running your own campaign day of and week of month, you know, I mean, the time that goes into it. And usually if you're playing in a campaign, that you have to trust the DM. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to trust that he's going to do what's in the best interest of the the story, I'd say, and driving it forward. And so if there's a reason he made that call, you know, it, it probably was the right call. Yeah, and unfortunately, DM who's just an a-hole, but yeah, unfortunately, I, I that was the the campaign that kind of fell apart. That was the the last one I was kind of in before we started ours. Uh, so I didn't get to see how that would have ended. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, maybe not. <laughs> it may never have ended. It could be still going on now. Yeah, I don't know if my characters are alive. If they are, then. They're, they're, definitely... they're probably being tortured in a <laughs> prison cell somewhere. Probably. They're, they're lost wherever. We were 
stopped playing, it was in a really precarious situation. So who knows, character could just be a lost NPC there now. That'll be a future enemy for the DM for another party to deal with. Well, and so I think, I don't know if we could really include this in the, I know we've kind of prepping, prepping as a very loose term for this episode, but what about when your prepping goes bad and the group does go off task? <laughs> you can't prep for prep for them going <laughs> off the rails. No, you can't. And that's where you've got to have some, you have to have some side content out there to like throw in. Uh, if you really have nothing at the very least having them run into some sort of encounter that you've pre-plotted to slow them down to give you a chance to adjust to what they're doing at the most extreme at the most extreme yeah and i that's typically i guess going to my secrets here i usually kept keep one or two encounters like handy and it's not usually anything really crazy but you know i do keep that handy another big thing for me is i i do keep a i do keep a book of like npc names and for different raced characters that way. If I ever need one on the spot, I at least have a name handy. I don't know. Some reason coming up with names <laughs> on the spot is hard. It's like I do it when I I have I have I a whole have I have a whole list that I've made. I have a whole list that I made. So when I need a character on the spot, I just go to the list and kind of like phone book style. You're just pointing and going, boop. Oh yeah, this is uh this person of uh this. They are a lord of this. <laughs> And I guess it's weird the more you DM, you know, that, like you said, the backstory just comes so easy. It's just like, yeah, this is him. And I and I always try to give all my NPCs at least one or two little factoids about him, like you said. Yeah. Well, uh, Skip. Skip was a character that I made up completely on the spot. Oh, and then you killed him, my support, my trainee. <laughs> that was random luck. Like he wanted to prove himself to you, and so oh. was out there trying to fight, and got struck by lightning and incinerated. Yeah, that's that wasn't cool, man. <laughs> and it was magical lightning, and yeah, that like tripled his hit points. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, yeah, that was a point in your campaign. I was not, and not like obviously, man. I just know I know it's part of the game, but yeah, I was. I remember being like unhappy that session. Like I definitely was not happy after that <laughs> session at all. But and, and that's why I love it, though. It's not always about you know. It, 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 there's the happy emotion, but I don't know. Just getting like getting that kind of emotion from a game is just insane. That's why I think it's to some extent it's almost ruined like video game rpgs for me and not that you don't get a little caught up in you know a great game it, it can definitely happen too but i mean playing in person i mean you can have that kind of experience almost every time you play if the dm wanted it to be that way i, I it might get a little intense if it was like that every time but and this is why they have the pre-campaigns because not everybody has the time to build their own world and you know add in all their homebrew make sure everything's balanced and and that's where you know just being strict to the book is is fair and i'll say you know that anyone out there that has to do that then that's what you have to do that's why the book's there that's why dnd is dnd because they've done the work and but you know like 
we've kind of discussed like building a whole world, building a whole new tabletop system has been such a challenge. And I think a rewarding one. I'm really happy with what we have, even if it's only us that ever play it. I, I'm really happy with what we've come up with and it's going to be a lot of fun to play. And our one or two podcast listeners that might yeah, thank ask you. us for the a rule set. <laughs> you, you both are so special. Thank you for being yes. here. From the beginning. You can say you listen to it. You can tell all your friends. Yeah, we listened to them right when they first started. You'll get special first person t-shirts. <laughs> Just make sure you email us and then several <laughs> years from now, you can hold us to that. Send us an email after session two. It's like, oh, I'm going to listen to these guys for the next 10 years. I don't know. We must we can... be somewhat entertaining at least. We've been We've been told by people we are very important people. They also might just be nice, be nice to us. So yeah, although they do tend to sit around and listen to us talk, though. So we have had that happen multiple times. That, or they're afraid if they don't, their characters we'll kind yeah, <laughs> of have have a run of bad luck next session. Oh, and I guess that's the next thing about our system is it just maybe a little preview. Not not getting too in depth, but. You know, we've been talking a lot about balancing and that being one of the things that takes the longest of my prep is making sure that, you know, combat's balanced, that I have multiple options available that I can take, you know, depending on what happens. But in ours, it's it's the simplicity of the system and all the roles being out in the open for everybody. You know, no, there's no hiding behind a screen. Well, I think that'll make it more interesting, too. And and I've had this, the group, I've had gripes about this sometimes. And it's usually like if someone's getting critted multiple times, it's like, well, that just doesn't seem fair. And it's like, I I can't help the way the dice roll. And I I don't know that I've ever fudges the dice to hurt my players <laughs> oh there it, there it is yeah the big word fudging that that i think deserves a whole session in a session in of, and of itself yeah and more so than you know fudging a role to protect a player i mean even just in general you know adding things in to protect players you, you know if a combat encounter is going to be very difficult do you kind of keep something there but that's like i said that's probably warrants its whole thing but like I said, I, I, I don't know where the attitude of the DM is against the players. I, I don't know why where that ever came from. Because, I mean, we've had this discussion I, before, too. It's like, you know, if that, I want to kill you, I'll kill yeah. you. I think that's been more in your campaign. I think I've... No, in mine, too. No, I take that back. Uh, the, I, I Some of the players have complained in some of the more difficult fights about, you know, you know, this is too hard. You know, I'm not even going to try. You're just killing us. And it's like, well, the fight, you know, I have to up the stakes or you're not really the heroes you're trying to be. Well, and I think it was the timing where we were at in our campaigns. You had had this really difficult fight that everyone felt like was really unbalanced and unfair. And then, and it just kind of worked out this way, but in the one I was running, there was a couple very easy fights. And then I was like, you know, there were several comments in character, but about, you know, like, well, that was a joke. And it's like, well, what do you want? You don't want them to be really hard, but then if, if they're too easy, it's like, well, that, you know, that was too easy. It's like, well, <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. 
Uh, well, and I didn't understand them saying like, well, this this is so unbalanced against us. And I think this ties into players forgetting their abilities and the power they have, you know, does have a special power that they can activate. It does cause them exhaustion after it's gone, but it does like severely boost their their power. In addition to that, like, I don't think the group takes into account how much healing and damage that you can put out and the tricks you do have up your sleeve. I think it was the last session that I had to give our wizard a hint of like, ah, good thing nobody has to spell magic. (laughs) And the player was like, like, oh, you say that now (laughs) or something like that. And then then their next turn, they were like, dispel magic. And even then it was like, I'm going to dispel magic on the the baddie. And I'm like, are are you sure you want to target the baddie? And I, I think nice. you and I are both fair <laughs> I'm with so our nice. tips. Yeah, you you are you can be very nice, but you have to be, or we'd probably have had like several TPKs already. We we probably would have. Well, and I think as a DM, you have to you have to be a little understanding, especially with newer players, that okay, they may not know the spell book as much, especially if they're playing a spellcaster, because spellcasters are just so hard to play as your first character in DD. There's just you know, between spell slots and how many spells you can take and switching them out and the DC and your attack and when can I use this? When can't I use it? Do I have the right, you know, ingredients to cast the spell? You know, is it verbal? Do I have to do a gesture? You know, it's like, well, you can't cast this spell. Why? Because your hands are tied up. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, yeah. And, and some of that you kind of, I feel like you have to help the player out. It's like, okay, the player needs some help from their character. And I think this is a really good tip for DMs out there. Having the player's character help them out. Because as a player character, a wizard who's spent their life studying these spells and knows them in and out, even if they're a novice, they're going to have an understanding of how magic works. And so in this case, his character was targeting the dragonborn or, you know, the dracon that you were fighting. And it was like, okay, you can cast that on them, but it's not going to do anything. But you as a wizard would understand how this spell works in that you would need to target the item and a magical item that was on them. Now, if, now, if the Dracon had had a magical effect boosting him, then that could have been dispelled. But it was Yeah, it was more the shield itself. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So this Dracon had a shield, which, you know, greatly boosted his AC and it reduced damage from everything. And, you know, I once once the wizard like was able to target that. And so it was like, okay, the wizard would understand I'm gonna target. You know, and there had been so many, I, I gave plenty of hints to the players that, you know, the shield is the main reason why you're struggling. And, and we did figure it, and, and, and they did, we figured it out eventually, so it's not like it was yeah, completely and you targeted, lost. But. Yeah, you targeted the shield, and boom, 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 the health started dropping down, and it, it dropped down, like, really fast. Within a round, you had that enemy below half health. And that was the funny thing is like the group is sitting here complaining. It's like, well, if I don't give these characters something to fight you, it's not going to be a challenge. You're going to go in there and two rounds, the fight's going to be over and you're going to move on to the next thing. And there's going to be no challenges. 
Well, I guess that's what kind of to go back to this is with the session prep, that's what you're kind of preparing is, you know, not only, you know, what spells, what level is this monster or boss at, but, you know, what items do they have at their disposal? But then also taking into account the group will possibly get a hold of that item afterwards. So, yeah, and that's got to be balanced. And so it's, and how I look at it is this player is going to know now, okay, I have Dispel Magic and it's really powerful and it can come in clutch. Like this can be the difference between a party wipe and a party victory. We'll see if they re- if they remember it next time around. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I usually don't like repeating myself, but I've done it on occasion. Sometimes yeah. I, I do it mostly because sometimes we get a gap where we don't play for two or three weeks and I know that can be a little rough, so... If only we could play every weekend like last year. That would be amazing. Yeah, it does become kind of addicting after a while. It's just like, when are we playing again? When are we playing again? Well, and I find if we're prepping, and we can get into the more details of this down the road too, but you know, it's a little different when you're prepping a boss fight as opposed to playing a monster out of the mon- monster manual too. And, and yeah. even the monster manual sometimes, like I'll read that, and, and I've known to like homebrew or tweak some of the monster manual monsters too to fit you know what I want them to do. I'm not going to make a goblin be like an unstoppable killing machine, you know, something like that. But you could, you could have a huge fat goblin that was like, I don't know, he ate other goblins and he grew in size every time he ate them. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. Yeah, that's next session. (laughs) Spoiler alert. And it's like secretly like an ooze that's just become sentient. And is taken on the form of a goblin that it's yeah eaten. it's actually a uh, what are the the gelatinous cubes yep and then it, yeah it's for some for whatever reason maybe the goblin had an item that increased intelligence and the it became sentient and took a form and became this big bad in the group down the line discovers that oh my gosh it was a gelatinous cube like what the hell that's the big bad of like the campaign we're going to be running down the road is the super gelatinous cube spoiler alert yeah spoiler alert (laughs) gelatinous cube big bad (laughs) i mean 2022 yeah i think uh the gelatinous cube I think we, we've encountered several of those. I don't think we've encountered one in my campaign yet, but we, I know we had the lake with uh, several of them in it and yours. Yeah, there was that. There was a section with them in. There, actually, there were two sections that, that they were in. There were, they were two different types, but yeah. They were more of like obstacles, like, all right, you really don't want to go down here. <laughs> it was more of like, if you fall down here, it's almost certain death. I'm trying to remember when we fought them in the lake. I don't think anybody ever got swallowed by them, though. I do, <laughs> I do remember you walking through that swamp land. Uh, you avoided them the second time through, though. You avoided them. <laughs> You'll have to throw in a gelatinous cube at some point, but but yeah, I remember the group. Like you might have been, I think you would have been able to, to beat them, but you would have been drained. And which was, I, think, I mean, yeah, I think That's... at a certain point that like someone in the group, I think it might have been you, is like, yeah, we just need to get out of here. <laughs> well, and I think that's another part of the preparation too i mean maybe it's a little more detail but you know the lead up to the boss fight you know if you're having a gauntlet of 
battles the players are going to have to fight through, you know, you're going to think they're going to get a short rest and then a long, you know, how many rests are you giving them that sort of thing. And then kind of preparing for, you know, whittling down the characters spells and stuff like that too. I've got to get better at my traps for (laughs) the group. You've thwarted my traps too much, (laughs) like not fighting the T-Rexes. Yeah, the group, they haven't done that too much to me. Sometimes then they run head first into them too, but one of the monsters I had created, the Miserbees, and had some terrible, terrible art to go along with it. Um, my drawing skills aren't up to snuff, but I try. Um, anyway, I had this little encounter <laughs> I that I had designed. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was kind of, it, it was good in a bad way, but the group, I basically had had these Miserbees, which... Uh, they basically cause people to be miserable when they're around. And I kind of wanted the group to fight them. Just, you know, I created them myself and I was like, oh, this will be a fun little encounter. And it wasn't anything, it, it wasn't going to be anything too crazy, but I just, you know, I designed them. So <laughs> I wanted them, to, the group to fight them. Well, the group decides they're going to steal their honey. And I'm like, oh, this will be, you know, perfect. There's no way this won't piss them off. And our, you know, monk, is able to like sneak up and he just he rolled really well and it's like i'm gonna steal a bunch of their honey and i kept hoping he'd get kind of greedy and continue to you know take more and get caught <laughs> but he took just enough and was able to get out of there and his rolls were good i'm like, surprised okay, yeah. he got away with how much he did take like that was some luck yeah i think he got three combs i want to say yeah something like yeah. that didn't he capture a bee? Yes, I think he did he was, capture a few of yeah, them. Yeah, not the full size ones, but some smaller uh, ones. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was going to get them. Desco yeah. traded it to get them to build like a farm to use the honey in his projects that may or may not happen. Yeah, we'll see. We might not. <laughs> and it'll probably come up again. I don't know if we'll necessarily get to the full, the full thing this campaign, but that's definitely something... Yeah, Desco's uh, may come into play later. Desco's a rather ambitious barbarian, but considering his life, like he's got kind of the whole world open to him now, so it's been very eye-opening. Yeah, and we'll hopefully we'll get to have that stuff come back around a little bit later with that, and yeah, hopefully it'll it'll be good. And then I thought I had one of our players, the Machina player, who I didn't expect to go and be the first one to go loot a chest, um, but fell fell prey to a mimic and got cursed by it, and then ends up dying shortly after, so I never got to play out the curse. Yeah. Well, I guess you could have just had it persist. I didn't think he... he, I thought he just went unconscious, or did he actually die-die? I guess he Uh, die-died. Yeah, no, he went down. Luckily, oh yeah, that he was able to get like revived. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The, the cleric got him back up, but yeah, once it, it's one of those like if if they die, the the curse ends. So he died and got rezzed, and the curse was gone. It's like bad news is you died. Good news is you're you're back up, and the curse is gone. There's a and trick for yeah. There's a trick for all you players out there. If you have a curse and you don't know how to get to it, and you've got a cleric that has the means to get you back up, <laughs> try death. Yeah, just just slit your own throat, <laughs> die on the ground. The cleric will res me, and hopefully we'll get a long rest in after this, so you can get his spell slot back. I was like, yeah, if I was the DM, I don't 
that think would I would let that DM, go through. DM for a loop. Yeah, that would have to. I think I'd have to <laughs> throw something in while they were on the ground or something. But it's where the witch's eye. Something would happen with that. <laughs> the player's head explodes while they're on the ground. You are now no longer able to bring them back to life. Sorry. Well, in the witch's eye incident, getting on that for a minute, I, this kind of ties back into, you know, the online sessions not being as impactful. When you DM and then you're you're kind of a player, you kind of see things that you wouldn't have if you didn't. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so during the event where that led the the character, the, the paladin, the same one who went and took the piano from Desco to end up in his perilous thing, you know, you had given several warnings that I myself as a DM was like, yeah, you should probably be a little more worried, but I don't think that comes across when you're on a online session versus you know in in person session where i think you it would have conveyed a lot more that like no you're in danger you're you're in pain well and i think you you had one of these in yours as well the incident with the cannon but yeah I, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh the cannon yeah and i and i don't know you when you're dming and i'm a player there are certain things that i pick up on you know whether you're hinting at something or sometimes being very blunt about what's going to happen if the player does this or that yeah it's i don't know i i just sometimes feel like when you're when you have dm'd even one time it kind of pulls back the curtain on a lot of the things that happen during a session you know so I think it does to an extent, but at least playing Desco in yours, I've kind of been able to ignore it pretty easily. And, you know, I just kind of, and I do it just by kind of focusing on like, well, what's Desco doing? You know, what, what mood is he in today? Well, and I guess I should say you, you pick, it's not, it's not so much that you can't ignore it. You just, you do pick up on it a little bit as a player, but you don't have to let it impact how your character you know yeah, does no. things that that's where i go and mute and i laugh my head off as the player does something they shouldn't be doing <laughs> yeah and in the incident he's referring to is i was doing kind of a fun little session where we brought in some of the aliens from you know the alien universe and one of the characters had got a face hugger on them and basically despite me telling them that they weren't feeling very good and that their stomach was really hurting, and this is probably an emergency. They just decided they like continue exploring this <laughs> place. The character didn't say anything to the group either, didn't? Yeah, like, mind you, yeah, yeah, didn't like alert the group to like, hey, I'm not, I'm not feeling right. <laughs> I think he did later, but he like played it down. So like, I think Desco had <laughs> had his little walkie-talkie. It was like, hey, you know, he's not feeling too well. Yeah, and unfortunately, well, it depends on, I normally, and we, well, I don't want to get into a huge thing with player death, because that's a whole other topic for a whole separate podcast of, you know, players dying. I This was a situation, and we've talked about this, where I think it, I don't know, as many warnings that were given, I think it would have been justifiable to, if the player character had died, it would have... I guess made sense with what had happened, but I, 
I kind of hesitated to do it. And the reason was, is the, the eggs were more meant as a puzzle than a, it wasn't like it was an actual encounter. And I just, I think at the end of the day, I had a hard time killing them over something that was a puzzle. Even though it really wasn't a hard one, they just needed to go. They ha- they were able to deal with it if they had went back to their kind of base of operations. It would have been dealt with very quickly. Now, they wouldn't have been able to continue exploring the ship, and they would have probably been out for part of the rest of the session. But, you know, that was just, unfortunately, they were the one who fell victim to that trap. <laughs> well, Desco almost fell. Yeah, <laughs> your character did too. You just, you happened to roll a little bit better than he did. <laughs> Although maybe if you'd both got one, you know, shoved down your throat, maybe you would have been like, yeah, we need to go. And, you know, (laughs) it might have actually ended up resolving the situation. So I did kind of, I guess this would be one of those situations where I fudged things to kind of protect the player a tad. But, and I'm not, like I said, we can all get into player death and all that tonight, but I'm not opposed, you know, player, the, the fear of death has to be there. You and I have discussed this many times, but this just wasn't, I don't know. This was just one of those moments. I I don't think it would have been satisfying for the story myself, or I know it would not have been very satisfying for the player to have died that way. And I and just it really it just didn't seem appropriate. So I did kind of fudge things in the direction. So like I said, if, if that's fudging is happening, it's typically more to protect a player than not. But well, like I said, that you know now, but if he had died in the combat and that thing it maybe i would might have had it pop out at the end or something to make it more exciting but yeah so don't don't ignore your dm's warnings yeah if you're online and you're getting more than one warning about your condition and um, definitely take it take it a little more serious even if you're in the middle of something probably stop and reassess the situation and by and no then, means to do, yeah. I mean, all of us do things a little bit differently with that sort of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. And I and I've said the same thing to the group. There's no plot armor for any of you. Yeah. That that being said, gonna put someone in a situation where they're just gonna die. And and I I guess I will talk about the canon <laughs> real quick. Uh, sorry, Nithis, I called out on this one because I even warned you about what you were doing multiple times but (laughs) (laughs) so they were on this boat and the ship got attacked i'm not going to go into any more detail than that the ship got attacked and there's cannons on the ship and nithis a player grapples one of the characters (laughs) and proceeds to who was firing the cannon do you remember i think it was one of the enemies because that was the whole thing he was trying to like hold him there because they were going to shoot at him and he like basically held it there in front of because i don't think that's right would have shot at him yeah yeah so one of the enemies got on one of the cannons and so he moved into the way of the cannon holding an enemy in front of him so that the cannon hit the enemy it was his thought like the cannon would hit the enemy and break the impact But, I mean, we're talking a cannon, a ship cannon, a large ship cannon. Yeah, old school piratey, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) And this thing, yeah, hits him dead center. Did he go unconscious from that? Yeah, I think you did, you know, knock him out. Because it did a a huge amount of damage. Now, I think the guy that he was trying to hold on to took some of the damage, too, though. 
I, that guy definitely, yeah, that guy was dead, dead. Uh, he wasn't quite dead, dead, but yeah, he was down. And I think afterwards, he, he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to happen. And I I had to stop right there and laugh. And, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I had to laugh. What did you expect to happen when you stood in front of a cannon? Regardless of whether you're holding up a human shield or not. You know, it's like it's really going to be like an arrow, but you know, save for the cannon. You know? I could see an arrow. I could see an arrow, like you know, having a chance to get you know stuck in a bone or something and not go all the way through. But yeah, and it was point blank range. Like it was like the enemy had turned it on the ship and was facing them, and they were like right in front of it. <laughs> and I yeah. had given several warnings. Like I think you know, I was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Yeah. Yeah. No, there was there was at least a warning or two. <laughs> Absolutely, because I remember thinking, you know, same thing you were saying earlier. Yeah, this isn't going to be good. I I do like fun moments like there. They are fun stories of like players do. Of course, that doesn't require much prepping. That's just a matter of like, well, this is dumb. Well, they're going to pay for that. Don't don't try to use human shields against cannons. Pro yeah. tip. <laughs> you know, that today is. Amazon Prime Day. Yeah, I was on there earlier looking for stuff. Why do they only have junk on there on Amazon Prime Day? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that rambling, please consider supporting our podcast. You can show your support for the Lost Geeks on Facebook and Discord. We anticipate your collective feedback and suggestions. We would like to offer our sincere thanks to Nomad, that's K-N-O dot M-A-D, for providing his musical talents. You can discover him for yourself, right here on Spotify. We hope you return for our next episode. And I do apologize for the cutoffs. If I don't stop them... Then no one will. They are lost after all. Till next time, my lost geeks.